Welcome to Excel Boats on the X Podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. The only podcast to bring you insights on the world of hunting, fishing, and boating. With your host, J. Paul Jackson. You don't say much, do you? Now, load up and side in. This is On the X. Welcome to the Excel Boats On the X Podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I'm your host, J. Paul Jackson, and today I am joined by two very special guests, two guys from Mud Buddy Motors Performance Division, um, Mr. Glade Harris, who is co-owner of Backwater Performance Systems, Dragonfly Mini Airboats, and our performance engine builder at the Mud Buddy plant, Micah. Guys, great to have you two with us. Thank you. Thanks, man. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see both of you guys. And yeah. dang, Micah, it's good to be talking to you uh, when I don't have a technical question or a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's normally when we talk, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's when you talk to a lot of people. You know, for you guys oh, yeah. out there listening, uh, Micah is our chief problem solver. And, and most of the great performance features on our Mud Buddy Motors, um, he's had a hand in. He hand builds a lot of the motors uh, to begin with. And of course, Glade at BPS, you make all the great accessories. By the way, I love the grab bar trim switch. That's probably the greatest innovation that you guys have come out with yet. Yeah, it's the newest uh, part that uh, everybody wants to have. It's, uh, it's pretty neat, especially if it's in cold weather, you got gloves on. It's nice to be able to use that trim switch on the grab bar handle. Yeah, I always felt like our trim switch, you know, was a convenient location there on the tiller handle. But like you said, if you're wearing gloves, man, it is really, really hard to manipulate. You know, of course, a, a old guy one time told me the only thing you can do uh, effectively with gloves on is pee on yourself and pee on your gloves. And I believe he was probably right. because It's hard to operate anything. But the new grab bar trim switch there man i haven't had even with you know my heavy uh sick decoy gloves i haven't had any trouble you know operating it and it just makes it so much simpler to be working the throttle with my left hand while working the tiller control uh, i mean working the trim control on my grab bar with my right kudos yeah. to you for what a great invention thank you that's what we do. That's uh, we just try to to make the mousetrap a little better. Um, at, you know, whatever it is, whether you want to go fast or or add some kind of an accessory to the boat. You know, that's that's what we're here for. It definitely makes you feel a lot more comfortable running with you. You don't have to take your hand off of your grab bar to do your trim or any of that. You know, you're just right there. You don't have to let go. So, a lot exactly. more comfortable for sure. Yeah, and if either one of you guys have seen a couple of the videos and photos that I've posted the last couple of days to our social media, you'll see that I don't need to be taking my hand off of that grab handle either. No. I, mean, I need it on the grab bar. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you're sideways, it would turn, and there's uh, half an inch of freeboard on one side of the boat. It's nice to have uh, your hand on the grab bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Grab bars are lifesavers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've definitely been there, done that in the last few days, I'll tell you. The other thing that I'm loving is, you know, the HDR model that I run, my Sport 4400 HDR, all the power in the world, but having that reverse has been 
a game changer and, and particularly the way that our reverse operates there just with the you know toggle switch it's so easy for you to operate that reverse while you're going and uh instant engagement who came up with that who's i know ours is unique who invented that it was pretty much bill and glenn that uh that you know came up with the idea that of the the electronic reverse like that um yeah, mike had a hand in all that too it was kind of a big collaborative effort but um it was first one of its kind to be instant like that um, everything before it was either a, a big long process of twisting your drive 180 degrees or else uh, a big uh, uh disc brake system with a with a lever and and you know nothing was instant like an outboard motor is but when i use reverse i want it right now you know i want to uh, back up and grab a decoy or or back up off the boat ramp and i want it right now i don't want to have to wait any amount of time to use it yeah i agree i mean we were hunting in current during the big freeze and you know i know it gets cold i've been out there i think one day you and i were hunting when it was like 10 below zero uh over in central utah a few years ago glade yeah we don't get that kind of cold but we've been getting some single digits here everything freezing up and you know we've managed thanks to our, our f4s and our mud buddies we've managed to stay on the birds but we've been doing that by hunting in current and man when you're working in that current and you're trying to turn the boat around of course the current doesn't help you a bit with that you know having that instantaneous reverse right. is amazing it makes a big difference yep i've also you know think it's a great safety feature because you know it gives you the opportunity to basically throw on the brakes if you need to and throw them on immediately there have been two or three occasions when i've been coming up on something a little bit hot and realized you know what i need to back off this thing now and you know just flip the toggle switch engage the reverse uh trim it down just a hair and let that new raptor prop dig in and it does a great job of slowing that boat down in a hurry exactly yeah that prop that raptor prop is is unbelievable in reverse you know as well as forward but it, it it grabs like crazy the um the cavitation plate that we've got on top of the drive uh funnels the thrust down underneath the boat so it's it, you know it actually lets you use that reverse effectively like an outboard yeah you know and for those of you out there listening i know you know, we've got a huge following here in the Mississippi Valley and a lot of guys that are running Mud Buddies and a lot of guys that are running the new HDR. And if you've got the old two-blade prop, you really need to check out the new three-blade Raptor. It's available from BPS. A little plug for you there, Glade. Yeah, uh, but, you. you know, if, if you haven't seen it yet, go buy your local Mud Buddy dealer. That Raptor prop, basically it is a three-blade prop instead of a two-blade. It's got a very aggressive pitch to it, and it allows that boat to really engage quickly in reverse. And, you know, it backs up just as effectively um, as an outboard. As a matter of fact, uh, the other day I was um, running with the guy that was running the two-blade on one of our original HDRs, and, and I was amazed at the difference in performance. I mean, the two blade's still great. Don't get me wrong. You still got a good solid reverse, but that Raptor prop, provides so much more thrust in reverse than the twin blade does that it's a real game changer particularly if you're hunting in current or if you're trying to throw in the brakes yeah the, the the raptor was designed to perform 
like a two blade does in the shallow water, um, you know, being able to dig, push heavy loads uh, on the top end as well, you know, the, the speed. Um, but it does all that uh, with three blades. The advantage of three blades is it's more balanced. So you're not going to have the vibration issues that you can come across with a two blade. The, you know, uh, a common problem is, is uh, muffler flanges cracking. Or uh, if you're running a carbureted motor, you will run into leaning issues because of the, the the fuel bowl is is vibrating and you're you run out of fuel. So the the three blade has got a lot of advantages as far as vibration goes. Yeah, I love mine. I tell you, Micah, now you've been uh, hard at work. Uh, we've got a couple of new motors, some point coming out. Is that something that we can talk about, or would you have to kill me if you told me? Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to do something about it. <laughs> we're, not, we're not allowed to talk about it yet. So, but yeah, we've got some stuff we're working on, and we always do, you know. But uh, it's a pretty big game changer here coming out soon. So we're excited. We, de I definitely want to tell you about it. Just <laughs> can't do it yet. <laughs> I understand. Sorry, I brought but it up, buddy. Still in the testing stages. <laughs> Good deal. Well, you know, it's pretty impressive to me every time that I come out there because you guys have the attitude that, you know, if you're not constantly working to improve, then you're going to be falling behind. And every, it seems like, you know, every few weeks or months, I see something changing the game and the way that these boats perform. You know, the three blade props been huge, the grab bar trim switch that we just talked about. You know, the new exhaust systems from BPS. I'll tell you, the next time I have somebody complain about my dead gum mud motor being too loud, I think I'm just going to punch them in the mouth because yeah. you played you. Yeah, you've got the perfect combination, it seems to me, between performance and and not having it too loud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've, got, we've got a couple options. You know, if there's a, the guy that, that wants to be quiet but still wants a little bit of performance, we've got the Q-muffler. Um, you know, guys that are on, on, uh, in, around private property or, you know, they, they don't want, they don't care if they're the fastest boat on the marsh. Uh, that's the Q muffler. We've also got the rapid muffler that is, you know, as high performance as it gets. It's, it's a uh, dyno tune. Um, it, it is louder, you know, it's quite a bit louder than the Q. Um, but they're, that's what people want. You know, people want these things to, to go as fast as they can get them and push the, push the giant loads of decoys and you know four corn corn fed hunters and their fat labs uh, <laughs> all the way to their all the way to their hole and and uh you know not have to worry about getting home <laughs> i wish we had keith mitchell on here i'm sure he'd oh. have a really good comment to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you're right. I mean, look, if you're going to have performance, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of something. And, and if it's a little bit of noise, hey, you know, look, I, I'm telling you, yesterday, and I'll post this up on social media, yesterday afternoon, we went into a, a, a spot that had probably 3,000 mallards on it. And to get there, the only way that we could get there and hunt, we had to use my F4 with the surface drive. I mean, it's impossible any other way because there was about eight foot of earthen levee, um, you know, only about 12 inches high, but about eight foot across that you had to cross to get there. And, you know, without my boat, we couldn't have done it. Got a good running start, jumped the levee, um, you know, not Dukes of Hazard stuff or anything like that. You know, that boat 
the way that it, it, the bottom of it's made for running in the mud, sliding across land sometimes if you've got to, and we got in there. But right before we went across and jumped that levee, uh, I eased up to it with my motor running and recorded about 30 seconds of video with all these ducks less than 50 yards away, motor running. They had no clue that we were there. Sure. You know, so, I mean, yeah, when yeah. you rev it up. But, you know, an outboard makes a little bit of noise when you rev it up also. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, you know, I used to ride a Harley. Don't tell me to make my Harley any quieter. Hell, that's why I've got it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay safe. <laughs> Loud pipes save lives. Amen, dude. You know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want a silencer on a Harley, and I don't want a silencer on my mud buddy. Yeah, yeah. there's places that need it. You know, there's there's a lot of places that that run through you know residential areas with canals and whatnot that go through them. And uh, you know, if you don't want to be uh, pissing off the people that that uh, you're driving through their backyard, so in that case, we've got the quieter mufflers too. Yeah, and it is available. So, you know, the, the moral of the story here is not all mud surface drive mud motors, particularly not all mud buddies, are super loud. No. Uh, no, no we have no. a solution for that if that's what you need, or Glade does anyway at BPS. Sure. Yep. Yep. No problem. Yeah. Now, Glade, tell me, you know, at BPS, you guys, obviously, you've got uh, – the Raptor prop, you've got the BPS performance exhaust systems. What other equipment are you guys making for our, for our XL boats and our mud buddy um, boat? So we, we kind of have three different uh, product lines here. We've got the mud buddy replacement parts, which is anything that, that comes on your motor stock from the factory, from mud buddy, um, we have replacement parts for. Belts, props, um, you know, anything on the engine itself um heads or or spark plugs you name it uh the second division is our performance division which is all the go fast parts um heads exhaust carb kits uh we've got everything you need for fuel injection we've got different uh different kits that you can add to your fuel injected motor um the the third thing we do is boat accessories uh that's anywhere from you know gun sleeves and decoy bags uh, all the way to bow fishing platforms and lights uh, any you know any kind of um, any accessory you need for bow fishing we've got as well yeah what about boat blinds yeah boat blinds is that that kind of falls into the boat uh, accessory category we've got the shaggy and the fast grass blind the, the shaggy is kind of a gilly material and the fast grass is a woven palm leaf, more and more natural grass material. We've got all that stuff on our website. And these are custom made to fit the F4, the Viper and the Pro Hull model. Yeah, it's actually a kind of a universal kit. You could put it on whatever boat you run. Um, they'll, you can cut them to fit anywhere from a, a 20 to a 10 foot boat. Uh, this, this blind kit will work for it. If a guy wants one of those, uh, where do we go to take a look? Uh, you can go to my website, backwaterperformance.com, or you can visit any of the over 100 dealers across the country, and that's all on our website as well, Mud Buddy's website, uh, all the dealers. Any one of those two blinds is a really good option. That, uh, As far as the shaggy goes, I've never seen anything else in that type of material that does the job that it does. It blends in really nice. It's easy to use and it lasts a really long time 
Um, and then the grass that they use on the fast grass, that's really good grass and you don't see that in other people's kits. So I would definitely, if it was my choice, just try to figure out where you're hunting and what you need to match into and pick one of the colors that are gonna match the best. But either one of them are super easy to operate and install. They're really nice kits. Yeah, yep. you know, and I think one of the things that uh, people ought to know too, both you guys hunt. I know Glade, you and I have hunted a bunch together. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully we're gonna get to do it again, maybe even over the next couple of weeks with goose season continuing out there if I can <laughs> find time to make it out there and try to get on get on the geese, particularly with so many of them banded. And we'll talk about hunting here in just a little bit. But one of the things that has really struck me from all my trips out there is, you know, you guys hunt on the Salt Lake and the Great Salt Lake, the salinity is so high. I mean, it's what, seven times more saline content than the ocean? Yes, it is. So, uh -huh. Extremely salty. And because of that, you know, the corrosion factor is off the charts. So everything that you guys make, you make to be used in that environment. So it's got to hold up. Exactly. Right. We, we've got a, the, the perfect testing ground, proving ground for, uh, you know, that type of environment. Um, if, it's, if it's not going to rust here, it's not going to rust on the ocean. So all of our, all of our uh, coatings are, are all marine coatings. Uh, all the things that we do to the electronics, um, the everything's sealed. Um, you know, there, there's a million different little things that we do to, to, to fix the corrosion issue. And we can, we can test all that and prove it here. And, you know, like I said, if it works here, it's going to work anywhere. Yeah, well, I can attest to that firsthand. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I can remember, hell, on my last trip out there, um, I gave away my waders. Who would have done? I didn't even <laughs> want to pack them and bring them home. I mean, you know, that the Great Salt Lake, that water is so salty that it even uh, eats away at your waders, your gun, yeah, rust immediately. That'll it's rust the lug nuts off your trailer. <laughs> you got to be careful backing in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We wash everything off immediately after. We have to take our guns completely apart and, and uh, rinse them all off and, and oil them down, you know, immediately. If you put your gun in a gun case, by the time you get home, it's got corrosion on it. It's mm -hmm. not prepared right. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, too. I mean, because we all are hunters. And, uh, you know, if you're hunting out there in, in that environment, what are the things that you routinely do at the end of the day to protect your gear? As far as the gun is concerned, you know, I, I make sure everything has a light coat of oil on it before I even bring it out in that stuff. Along, you know, the, the engine as well. If I go out to the Great Salt Lake, I'm coating everything down in Corrosion X or some kind of uh, inhibitor, making sure that it's not going to get there first. You know, it, it displaces the water and keeps the salt off of it. Uh, so any, anything metal, anything that's, that can rust has got to be treated somehow. And if you don't do it beforehand, you better well do it afterhand immediately. Um, same, you know, if you if you store your, a lot of guys uh, in the south uh, on brackish water have boathouses and they store their boats in the water or just above it. And you'll not only run into to issues uh, with with rusting on on parts that get exposed, but electrolysis is a real thing. Um, if you leave your boat sitting in the water, you better unhook your battery cables or else you're going to start getting electrolysis on all your parts. Wow. 
never really considered that. How does it affect the engines, Micah? Um, as far as the electrolysis goes, if you start running into problems with corrosion and that, it spreads quick. So it's something that you want to take care of immediately. Um, like you were saying, it's very important to prep before you go. It's good to wash them off after you get done, but before is more important to prep them. And so if you can keep that corrosion out of your wiring harness, you're going to be in a lot better shape. So corrosion is the biggest thing. As far as the internal parts in the engine, it doesn't affect it at all. So mainly wiring. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that salt water in the Great Salt Lake, anything that's made out of metal that's exposed. I mean, you know, um, I, I know one trip I packed up, uh, I thought I'd washed off all my stuff really good, packed it up, flew it home, and when I got home, I could not unsnap the snaps on my, the metal snaps on a blind bag that I had because the corrosion had, had actually adhered the two pieces of metal together. I mean, it was, it's like, dang, I might as well throw this thing in the garbage can. It was amazing. Blind bags, gun cases, waders, anything that comes in contact with that water from the Great Salt Lake, you need to wash it off and you need to wash it off quick when you get done because it'll have a negative impact on it. You know, and so people ask me a lot of times, you know, why is it that the mud buddies are so well made and that, you know, your mud buddy at the end of the season looks so great well it's because they were engineered in one of the harshest environments known to duck hunters anywhere out there you know in the great salt lake area and i think that makes a huge difference on the performance of the mud buddy motors and why they are so good because you guys have to build them to work and you know the worst environment that anybody will face as a duck hunter exactly yeah that's you know we over engineer everything um if if it if it like i said if it, it's seven times saltier in the great salt lake so if it works here it's going to work everywhere uh, we've got way more uh, places to you know grease zerks all over the frame on all the places that move um for instance there'll be a, a guy that calls me and and uh he says my my steering is is locked up i can't turn it left and right well you need to grease all of your zerks uh religiously um, or else those things, the, the, the salt water can get inside of those parts and freeze it up. You know, you won't be able to turn your motor anymore because salt and, and corrosion has crept, crept into there. And uh, you've got to keep all those things greased. Yeah, and we also use stainless steel alamites, correct? Yep, we've, and there's uh, uh, zinc anodes that we put on, on all the new motors that we build. Uh, sacrificial anode so so it starts to corrode before any of the other metal does yeah I saw that on my HDR the other day I noticed that anode and that was an add-on from one of the didn't have on one of my earlier models but right. you know those grease fittings they're there for a reason you got to service any motor no matter how tough they are right correct well Talking about duck hunting, tell, tell us a little bit about your duck season. What was it like this year? I know the last time that I was out, uh, took my buddy and our co-host, uh, Rocky LaFleur, who couldn't be with us today. He's guiding out in Oklahoma right now. But we came out, and the Great Salt Lake was mostly frozen and very low. What are your water conditions like right now? Well, luckily, over the last winter, we had an extremely good winter. Uh, tons and tons of snow one of the one of the highest snow totals on record and it, it saved the great salt lake 
um, brought all our water levels up. All of our reservoirs are completely full. Um, so as far as conditions for waterfowl, it was amazing. I've had one of the best seasons I've ever had uh, on the Great Salt Lake and all the marshes around it because of that water. All the birds stay a lot longer. They've got lots of food. So it's, it's been an amazing year here. Uh, up until recently when it's, uh, it started to freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw, it's done that about four times this year. Every time it freezes, we lose half of our birds and then it opens up and they displace all over the, you know, everywhere. And then it freezes again, we lose half of those birds. So it's been interesting, but uh, conditions have been great for, for water. Yeah. I, I knew that you'd gotten a little bit more. I didn't know that it'd gotten that good. I know this, the hunting out there is unbelievable. You know, for folks that have never been out there, to me, it's amazing. I think Rocky was most impressed and amazed also by the variety that you get. I mean, I've hunted with you um, on, on the Salt Lake itself and Brackish Marsh for mallards and pintails. Uh, I've hunted with you out of uh, layout boats for uh we had a tremendous green wing teal shoot that day what seven yeah. of us killed 49 green wings nothing but teal yep yep uh, we even caught it we even shot a couple old squaws one day out here long-tailed ducks so yeah the the uh the variety is incredible the there there's almost no, no species of of uh north american waterfowl that you can't find in utah uh, you know, the black, there's no black ducks, there's no eiders, um, there's no model ducks. Uh, there's, you know, a few things that are just, they, they're way too lost to get here, but we've got just about everything else anywhere. You know, cinnamon, people come from all over the world to hunt cinnamon teal here. Uh, we get a, a, a reverse migration, you know, last week people were killing limits of cinnamon teal here. So, yeah, the variety is incredible. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Everybody always asks me, um, you know, where do you run mud motors in Utah and this and that, and they don't understand what we have. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, now, what's the average depth, Mike, of the Great Salt Lake? Uh, I think a couple feet, not very deep, maybe six feet or so. Yeah, I mean, it is super expansive, but also super shallow. And now mm – -hmm. uh, Glade, you took me on probably one of the most memorable hunts of my lifetime. I really, really wish we could have had Rocky there because uh, we killed a whole bunch of absolutely his favorite species of duck one day. Remember that shoveler shoot on that mud flat <laughs> on the backside of Antelope Island? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's the pretty much the only thing that, that lives and feeds on the Great Salt Lake itself is uh, shovelers teal and goldeneye they actually eat the brine shrimp that that live the only thing that lives in the water of the great salt lake is brine shrimp and those things love it so yeah that that, that was a that was an incredible shoveler shoot uh you know yeah you're right rocky would have loved it <laughs> <laughs> oh i think again we had seven guys and we maybe killed five teal and 45 shovelers or something like that but you know the the attitude of hunters out there though because of the variety seems to be a whole lot different i mean you know we've got guys here in the southeast that are uh, my buddy rob croom calls them mallard snobs you know that's all they want to shoot they think if it doesn't have a green head then it's not a duck yeah. but that that 
attitude really doesn't pervade uh, that area, the area of Utah, does it? Not at all. No, nope. I mean, variety is the spice of life for me. I, I wouldn't duck hunt if, all, if I went to the same spot every day and shot the same limit of greenheads. It, it doesn't do it for me. What does it for me is being able to, to, to you know, lay out boat hunt for divers one day, shoot my limit of bluebills, canvasbacks, redheads, and then the next day I'm on a river shooting nothing but greenheads. And then the next day I'm, uh, you know, doing a, a, a coffin hunt out of an airboat shooting nothing but teal. You know, that's what, that's what does it for me is, is the variety. Uh, you know, it would get boring to me otherwise. Yeah. And you use a whole lot of different stuff too. I know on uh, that shoveler and teal shoot that day, we were hunting in about six inches of water out of coffins. And instead of uh, floating decoys, we had black duck silhouettes yep. and i don't mean black black duck like the species i mean a duck silhouette that was flat black and how many did we put out that day uh probably three or four hundred yep the, the the reason we use those is a we're in airboats so generally space is limited uh you can you can haul 400 uh silhouettes you know easily uh another thing is that the the great salt lake is so big that uh, you have to get the attention of the birds. So we put out that, you, you, when you put out all those black silhouettes, the birds can see you from a long ways away. So it gets the attention of them. And then, you know, let's be honest, they're teal and shovelers. So they're, they're, they're not mallards, you know, they'll, they'll decoy to, to just about anything. So that, that's what we're targeting out there is, is teal and shovelers. We lay in those uh, little plastic coffins that and, um, you know, you put your, I, I put my dog on a little stand right behind me and they, they come in as you can, as you can imagine. Well, hey, my, what about you, Michael? Where do you like to hunt? Um, I like to hunt Bear River Refuge. That's where I usually like to go. You get a good variety there and it's usually pretty decent. So that's where I like to go. Yeah, a lot of our guys there at the plant are public land hunters and very successful at it. I mean, you hunt almost exclusively on public land, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while I get lucky and somebody will take me out on some private ground, but other than that, mostly public. Yeah, well, you've got a lot of opportunity out there. I mean, Glade, I've hunted with you on some private property in the central part of the state, but, you know, in that Great Salt Lake area, I've probably done five or six different style hunts with you over the years out there. And every single one of them has been on public waters. Yeah. That's the beauty of the West is it's, it's public. Um, you know, and I could, I could go on and on, on about uh, the issues we're having with public land right now, but uh, you know, 90% of the state is public land that, that anybody can go on. And, you know, I, I talk to guys like yourself or my dealers in Florida or Louisiana, and they, they have, they, they just don't understand that, that we can just go out any day of the week we want, pick a spot and, and you go, you do whatever you want. You know, uh, I don't even, I don't, I don't have a lease. I don't need a lease. Um, there's not very many places to lease here. So, so it's, uh, the, the public land in the West is, is, uh, incredible. It's, it's, um, you know, it's completely different than, than the South. 
Yeah, and the attitude of hunters I've noticed is extremely different also. I mean, you guys, you know, every time that I've been out there, I've hunted with different folks, with you mainly and Tony Smith, but everyone that I've hunted out there has been, you know, willing to take you, help you set up, get you on the birds you know you come here to the south and if a guy's hunting on public property and he takes you with him you know hell he's liable to pull out a blindfold and tell you you got to wear it to the spot you know or yeah. make you, you know sign in blood uh, a, a <laughs> document swearing you to secrecy yeah. yeah it's not that way out there i mean several of the guys that i've hunted out there said hey you know this is a great secret of them more guys ought to come from the east and try this out because there's just so much land you know, and the attitude is very different and definitely not as protected um, or protective of the public hunting as we've got here. Exactly. Yeah. We, uh, you know, my, my personal policy is I won't ask a, a, a landowner for if I can lease their property, you know, because if, we, if they get into that trend, then next year, somebody with more money than me is going to come and, and offer them more money. And then I don't get to hunt it along with anybody else. You know, we, we go, if, if we are, are hunting geese and looking for a, a cornfield with geese in it, well, you just drive around until you find the birds and then you go and knock on their door. And, you know, if you're lucky, they'll let you hunt. But, you know, I don't, I don't ask people if I can lease their property because it's just a, a, a big snowball effect and, and a slippery slope and it's going to be Yeah. You know, and if you guys, if you take a look on the map too, I mean, the state of Utah, land area wise is so massive a lot of people think you know that's nothing but the salt lake and mountains and nothing could be further from the case i mean there is a lot of um, waterfowling opportunity all across the state from one corner you know all the way to the other obviously up in the rocky mountains not so much but everywhere else you know there are plenty of hunting opportunities um, accessibility can be difficult you know, that's another reason I don't think you got to worry too much about being invaded by outsiders because there are a lot of places that unless you're willing to pull, you know, an Excel boat with a mud buddy on it across country or some other shallow water boat with a, with a mud motor across the country, you're not going to be able to access them. Loads of guys out there hunt out of airboats. I've seen, of course, you know, uh, Glade, I think you run our mini airboat division, the Dragonfly, and it was made specifically to let hunters get to really tough to get to places in a small lightweight airboat was it not yep that's what we designed it for is hunters you know it's not it's not a ride boat it's not one that uh, you put you know three bikini models in and, and go sit on the on the beach somewhere it, it's for hunters it's it's lightweight um it's got lots of storage for your decoys your guns and whatnot and it's it's light enough that you know if you're out in an inch of water somewhere and you you run out of power and get stuck well the two guys in the that are in the boat can easily get it unstuck you know you can drag the thing anywhere you need to uh, we, we uh fairly small engines uh that are extremely fuel efficient um you know it, it's i don't spend more than ten dollars a day on on a trip anywhere i want to go um you know some of these big giant uh, 18 foot boats with thousand horsepower big blocks are are spending 150 dollars a day to, to go duck hunting in fuel so they're extremely fuel efficient plenty of power uh, enough for two to three guys um, you can go in you know some some cases you can go on dry land uh, with the right bottom 
and they're you know they're affordable for the average hunter you know it's not a it's not an eighty thousand dollar boat yeah what's top speed of one of those dragonflies uh about 50 miles an hour so as fast as you want to go yeah i know the last time that i was out there in one it was about 15 degrees above zero maybe 20 and I was running with Glenn and his, and he had me running across that lake 45, 50 miles an hour in that airboat, you know, with temperatures in the teens. It was a pretty doggone brisk ride, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get much colder. Not only are you going 40, 50 miles an hour, but that fan is sucking the air past you even faster. So it, it gets cold for sure. That's what made it so cold. Yep. Yeah, I knew that it just seemed to be, I really had never thought of that before. I guess that's really is. And you want to talk about loud? Yeah, I, I was kind of shocked the first time I got on an airboat. The first thing that the guy driving it did was handed me a pair of earmuffs. Said, here, you got to wear these if you want to be able to hear when we get where we're going. <laughs> but yeah. the Dragonfly is really not, you know, like the big blocks are. We use four-cylinder engines. Um, they're, they're, uh, it's actually a Chevy Ecotech engine out of like a, a Cobalt um it's extremely quiet you don't have to wear earplugs uh, especially with with the new props that we're using the, the loudest thing you hear on our boats is the 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 sound of the prop and you know the, the props that we use now the the sensinich props are extremely quiet uh compared to some of the old ones with the with the big flat tips so so you don't even wear earplugs at all wow that's cool i'll tell you i I love coming out there. I hate that I didn't get to make it during duck season. Hopefully, Rocky and I are going to be out there in the next couple of weeks and try to get on the geese with you guys. Matter of fact, when we get down here, I'm fixing to take a look at booking some plane tickets and seeing about coming out there. But always enjoy that trip out there. And I've enjoyed having both of you guys with us today. Um, Micah hadn't really got into a whole heck of a lot with you because there's pretty cool stuff coming out that you just can't really talk about right now yeah uh, i know but you've yeah. done a great job so far with the uh that sport 4400 hdr uh-huh yeah it's just an amazing performer and an amazing motor i can't wait to see how you improve upon that because it's gonna be pretty doggone tough to beat yeah yeah no well we'll just have to wait and see show you what we got coming <laughs> yeah well everybody will be Keep it on watching the website. We'll have it up on the Mud Buddy site mm -hmm. as soon as the, the release is and across social media. Um, Glade, again, somebody wants to take a look at your entire line, they can go to one of our dealers or you can find you at backwaterperformance.com, correct? Yeah, backwaterperformance.com. And um, you can go to the website. All the dealers are listed on the website. Uh, you can call us at 385-695-3807. Uh, yeah, and that's really neat, guys. I can tell you both Glade and Micah are, uh, you got a problem that's in their wheelhouse. You need to give one or the other of these guys a call. They're both very, very receptive. Micah is our main line of defense, I guess, on customer service. If a guy's got a problem or needs to know something about a motor, you know, just call up. I guarantee you, Micah will take the time to take your call and tell you everything that he possibly can to help you out. You yeah. do a great job for us, Micah, and we appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Just let, let me know what you guys need. Yes, sir. Well, guys, hopefully.
hopefully I'll be coming your way soon. If not, I'll be shouting at you in the next few days. Uh, you guys take it easy. Thank you very much for coming on with us today. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Excel Boats on the X podcast powered by Mud Buddy Motors.